funny way to say hello. What the hell is going on? My name is Emma Hesseray, but you can call me Emmy. <laughs> this is a joke, right? Some sort of Princeton Company initiation? Who hired you? Hollywood. Nobody hired me, Jonathan. You know who I am. No, no, this can't be happening. I know the sign. The electricity? My brain synapse. It was destroyed. <laughs> I felt so sorry for you last night. You looked so lost and lonely. Well, that's not you saw me? No, you can't be her. When you were making me, didn't you feel a certain inspiration? Almost like your hands were being moved by a force not of this world. You made this body so that I could come to life. No, I said, mind the Twilight Zone, or am I just not? <laughs> so glad I picked you. Hey, I'm going to create someone who doesn't like me. Food editors. Food editors. So, you like your new assignment? Could have been worse. Could have put me on with a bigoted jerk. Oh, don't let Felix get to you. He just has a bad case of my vice. It's those jelly donuts. They called to me in the middle of the night. Hollywood! Hollywood, come and get me, Hollywood! Did I want to say something bad? Forgive me. English and me, it's new. My time, it slides. Jonathan, are you really sure this is right for you? Impossible. What about you? You've waited a long time. How do you know you're not missing something better 5,000 years from now? You could never be anything better than being here with you. This is one guy who's never gonna leave your side. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing? And we are back with the Chick Flicks for Guys. And Mr. Jameson, America's co-host, you are back, sir. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, Mike. It's great to be back with the STL. Yeah, it's good to have you. And then we have a very, very special guest. We have Lisa the Legend, the person that made the Billy Zabka interview happen. Hey, y'all. How are you doing, Lisa? I am great. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it only makes sense to get you on this episode because Mannequin is your all-time favorite movie. Is that right? That is right. Well, uh, we're going to pull back the curtain for you a little bit. We're going to be honest with you. I watched this like two months ago, and I went to put it in last night, and it didn't work. And Jameson watched 20 minutes of it and fell asleep last night. (laughs) So... uh, one this time. Yeah, we're going to be uh, needing to rely on you for uh, all the good, juicy details. So. Lisa is our resident expert. That's right. So uh, tell us about your love of this flick. Well, you know, it's one of, it's, it's typical, you know, it's more like one of the first movies that I can really remember seeing in the movie theater, and I just fell in love with it. It's, I mean, it was just like something different and something, it had its cheese factor, but it just sort of all meshed together, and you had your sort of loud characters that sort of all pulled it into this great movie that just completely worked excellent i'm i'm looking forward to watching as soon as i watched it about two months ago i was like man i gotta i gotta watch i gotta do this movie right away and this is before we even recorded easy a and uh i i mean i have vivid memories of this i mean i pretty much can do it all in my head so it won't be too bad where i'm gonna be like okay throw me some stuff you know but uh, it's going to be a fun episode. I'm looking forward to it. Let's Absolutely. do it. So uh, should we roll into some movie and music news? Ooh, yes, sir. All right, let's do it. Okay.
So, Mr. Jameson, sir, you recently talked about Batman versus Superman news. You know, I gave my thoughts on on the Bill and Ted's episode. Uh, have you been hearing the casting rumors, sir? Yeah, I've been hearing casting rumors, and uh, you know, we should say it's a hundred percent rumors right now. Nothing's even written on page yet. Exactly. But you know, anytime a big movie like this is coming around, speculation has to go. You know, um, yeah, I, I, the the. Uh, the list I saw six names for uh, the role of Bruce Wayne, Batman, in this movie, and there's a there's a couple of them that really interest me, and one that does not. Okay, so tell me, and Lisa, have you heard uh, about this list or no? No, not really. I've only heard like a little bit here and there from what you guys post. Okay, so here we go. So on your list, sir, which is the one you are not excited for? That would be Mr. Ryan Gosling. I agree, sir. I do not want to see him as the Caped Crusader at all. No way. Uh-uh. And, and he, like he would sort of be like the George Clooney of the series, sort of like, you know, adds that he's got this established career, but not necessarily would be good for the role. I Yeah, I just don't. I mean, I, I could see him if he wants to be in a superhero movie. I could see him in many other roles, but just not this. He just that's not him. And it would be George Clooney's a good, good example. I mean, just doesn't have it. You know, yeah. I, I think there's a couple other names on this list that I think would be awesome. Well, you know, the one that I'm excited most is uh, is Mr. Uh, Brolin. That's Josh Brolin. Josh one. That Josh Brolin. That's the one I want. And from what I've heard is that they're definitely going for the 40-ish. Uh, so Ryan Goslin is too young to hit that. So I'm hoping his name is getting off the list real quick. But for me, I saw a picture of Josh Brolin in the suit. Looked good. And uh, I think he would definitely do. I don't know, man. I'd be excited if it was him. Yeah, he's. I think he would look great in it. He's got the chops. Um, he's. I mean, you're looking for someone to be uh, brooding. He's. Uh, he's got that down pat. Um, he's got the. You know, he's got the jaw for the suit. That's what it comes down to when you when you put the suit on. You gotta have that jawline, man. Coming out. Uh, you know, the only other person that I really think would be decent at it is i can't remember the guy's name but he played thorin in the hobbit the the lead in that i think he would be interesting but i think he's definitely second in my mind behind brolin so what do you think lisa i think josh brolin would be great in it i mean like he's had such a good career and he's got that age behind him that would really add to the role instead of just being some new up-and-comer he's already established and he's got such defined roles in the movie and what he's played that it would just really take the movie to a new level I agree. Yeah. I think the thing with him is um, you're not going with uh, an unknown, you know, like Henry Cavill really was for the most part. Um, you're going for an established actor, but unlike someone like Ryan Gosling or the other traps that Batman fell into before with, with Clooney or Kilmer, is he's not, you know, a guy like Gosling, I think it would become a movie about him, you know, mm-hmm. because he's, you know, he's a, he's a Hollywood face. Whereas Josh Brolin is different. He kind of, 
is a chameleon, you know, much like Gary Oldman or whatever, you know, very chameleon into the roles. And I think that would be exactly what you need. Yeah, I hear you. Um, the other person I heard was uh, Jim Caviezel, which I'm a huge fan of Mr. Caviezel. Uh, you know, I heard Warner Brothers does a lot of trying to use people of their own because Josh Brolin was in the uh, Gangster Squad and uh, Jim Caviezel, uh, you know, was attached with Nolan's brother. But with TV schedules, that's kind of where it would kind of maybe stop him from doing it. I think he'd be, you know, he'd be pretty cool too. But for me, I want Brolin over Caviezel, but I love anything Caviezel's ever done before though. Very good. What about you, man? Don't be doing that very good stuff either. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Jim Caviezel myself. I don't think he's a bad actor or anything. What? I just think he's... I, I'm not a fan of his. I just think he's he's all right. He's not, he's not memorable to me in anything, really. You know, uh, maybe passion, but otherwise he's just... I, I don't think he's anything exceptional. What's wrong uh, with you in frequency, man? Eh, like I say, nothing oh. special. Man, at least... You get, Let's go. Yeah, you get to hear the uh, the war right now. It's a good time. Instead of me just talking back to my to the radio, I can actually respond. Yeah. <laughs> True enough. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what about this, sir? Have you heard that uh, Bruce Willis is out of Expendables 3 and your boy Harrison Ford is in? Did you hear Dude, this? Dude, this is phenomenal. <laughs> I have been, I, I've been following Sly. I have a personal mission that over on Movie Mojo Monthly we started this episode where we want Carl Weathers in Expendables 3. The cast isn't set yet. There's still time, and we've been making a push. I've been tweeting Sly, you know, the Sly Stallone to get the Carl Weathers in there. And then today he tweets out, uh, he tweets out, Bruce Willis out, Harrison Ford in. (laughs) But then the follow-up tweet is the best. He says, the follow-up tweet, after saying that Bruce Willis is out, and everyone's going, oh, why? What happened? Blah, blah, blah. Why is Bruce Willis out? The follow-up tweet is, greedy and lazy, a sure formula for career failure. I'm taking that as he's calling Bruce Willis greedy and lazy, which I would agree with 100%. And somewhere in a haze of smoke, Kevin Smith is smiling and agreeing, too. Wow. Dude, really? He said that? That's crazy. That's his tweet, man. And that's the reputation that Bruce Willis is getting around Hollywood is that he wants to get paid big bucks for his name and he can phone in a performance. That's what he's been doing for the last five, six years, is phoning in performances. Wow. He feels entitled. He's gotten that. Very coming. much so. But, yeah. Wow. So he's out, and Harrison Ford, I never saw that coming. I never thought Harrison Ford would be an expendable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, t- I'm not excited about the rumor of a new Indiana Jones, though, man. No, no. And he's kind of pushing for that, but... You know, George Lucas is supposed to be writing it, but he says he's retired from writing big movies. And, you know, and Indiana Jones is owned by Disney now. Um, but, yeah, he seems to be on board with, you know, uh, Harrison Ford seems on board with one. As long as he doesn't have to do too much action, you know, he says, yeah, you know, Indy could get through stuff without, you know, being a tough guy anymore. So are you excited for this, Lisa? I think it'll be interesting. I, you know, are, are you meaning like the movie or in regards to the Indiana Jones? No, no, the the Expendables Spend- thing, yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I don't know if I'm going to love it just yet. We'll see what they, what kind of role they build for him. Fair enough. Good times. Oh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm kind of shocked that when you said that second tweet, man, it really kind of threw me for a loop. Cause Go look at the Sly Stallone. That's his words, man, and 
And uh, I think he's just reiterating what I've been hearing for a few years now. All right. Well, you know, since it's been a while since you've been on, uh, remember how Rocky Balboa, we ended the series Uh talking about our, you know, I said he's going to, he's talking about doing another one. You're like, nah, nah, nah. He's talking about Rocky Balboa. So we have the whole spinoff news, which you reported and I reported. But now that we're together, let's talk about this, sir. Hot garbage. (laughs) This should never happen. This Apollo Creed spinoff, Rocky managing Apollo Creed's grandkid. Ugh. That's not a good thing. Dude, let it die. You you ended this series on Balboa. Dude, let it go, man. That's the- Yeah, this is not good. And this was this is what got me on my Carl Weathers need to be in, in the Expendables deal. I don't know, man. This Yeah, this should not happen. I'm hoping this is just a rumor. No. And it never sees the light of day because that would be bad. I, I hope so. What do you think, Lisa? I think it's just their way to milk more money out of the franchise. I don't really think it's particularly going anywhere unless... They wanted to do the, you know, new and young updated version. But other than that, I really don't think it's going there. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm hoping we don't have to add another one to our Rocky series, sir. I really don't, man. I'm, I'm kind of... Dis- I won't be talking about it. You can talk to somebody else about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Well, you heard it here, folks. The Rocky series is over. That's Let's right. Go. We put the bow on it. All right, sir. So the last bit of movie news I want to talk to you about, because none of our boys have talked about it, so I want to be first. So uh, Denzel Washington passes on Fast 7, baby. And uh, you you thought this was good news, right? I did. So uh, explain your uh, thought process there, sir. All right. He's Denzel freaking Washington. (laughs) He does not need to be in a dumb Fast and Furious movie. Look, I love these dumb Fast and Furious movies. He is better than that he is denzel washington he should be choosing his roles and doing amazing movies and being nominated for oscars every year he is way above the fast and furious franchise i'm sorry (laughs) sure it'd be fun to see him in it that's great but no no he doesn't need to be in that that's my that's what i have to say i can't argue with you sir (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's fun to see these actors in these movies you know and i'm sure it'd be kind of goofy but Dude, he doesn't need to do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. It would be so fun, but I mean, you're right. It's Denzel. Um, Lisa, are you are you with us? Or are you against us on this one? Uh, I, I'm with you on this. I, I, I'm a huge, huge fan of the Fast movies. Yes. I mean, I watch them all. I like, I love them. But you're right. There's a certain niche, and I mean, I think they're even like the fact that they're not having Justin Lin, and the fact that um, you got Jason Statham in it. You're really already pushed in line of like what's going to be believable right so you know if you keep going up from that you're you're not going to have a storyline that people are going to want to follow exactly i hear you you know like i said on my uh, review of fast six was my only concern with the upcoming movie because uh james wan he's getting a lot of praise for his directing especially with the conjuring uh so i'm not really worried about a horror director taking over this especially when i heard that he wants to return to the roots and just kind of he likes the old school action chase stuff I'm cool with that. I'm just worried about the timeline here. They start filming in like a week and Rock is still filming Hercules. He's like mid-production. So, you know, and as you said, Rock's story is over. You really don't need him in this movie. Um, I'm really excited about the Jason Statham thing. The reason I want Rock in there is I just want to see Rock and Statham go at it. I mean, I think that would be so much fun. But as far as the actor that they want to get to continue on to number eight... 
it's kind of interesting who who else would they go to next they already went to denzel so obviously they're kind of thinking big here i mean who do you think would be like you know when you saw jason statham as like oh my gosh he's gonna be in the next movie who would be the next actor that when you see in that credits you're like oh my gosh i can't wait for eight for me yeah danny glover danny glover <laughs> no <laughs> I was going to say, man, you have done too much drinking today, sir. <laughs> yeah, I am enjoying a delicious Berghoff. <laughs> Hefeweizen. Um, who would be an actor? I mean, yeah. You're, well, you're basically looking at uh, half the people that are in the cast of Expendables movies. You know, that's kind of the crossover where you're going then. Like, all right, well, who else could we get to be in that? Um, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Get Channing Tatum in there. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> now you lisa you're a huge fan of mr mark Wahlberg, and we've had tons of fights over on the stl nation so why don't you tell us about your love of mr mark Wahlberg? i'm, I'm telling you i'm like even back from his singing days he progressed and you know he started like i guess i feel fear was great you know and it was it was really good it really showed his chops but then you know you got the big hit which was i read you cheese but it was just it was a a good role for him and like the, the way he played it or whatever but yeah i just you know i think he he doesn't always pick the roles that are just the most riveting or the most dramatic but he certainly knows his niche and he sticks to it oh he has a niche that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh here we go people the, 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 this, hey this is cool man we finally get legitimate talks instead of having to write everything out this is pretty cool so uh yeah you know Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe if they threw him in fast movies, I don't know. It's hard. I'd go see it. I'd preview it. I'd buy advance tickets. I'd be there. <laughs> he would just have to have a bewildered look on his face through the entire movie. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Why are you doing that? Hey, I don't like Mark Wahlberg. It works, it works. Well, you know, I'm a woman, you're a man. It, these kind of things happen. That is a true statement. Good times. 100%. <laughs> Oh, man. Good times. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it for a uh, movie. I, as far as music news, I ain't got nothing. I'm more excited to talk about Mannequin. And uh, before we roll into that, Lisa, you are the person responsible for the 100th episode. Big surprise. I mean, most people don't know this, but this is you. You're Lisa the Legend, the one that got Mr. Billy Zapcon. So why don't you let everybody know how you pulled that off? I, I guess a little bit of luck and a little bit of work. I just... You know what? I honestly felt that you've worked so hard in everything you've done, and you've come such a long way that I felt like you just needed that kind of little bit of validation to show you that us as fans appreciate what you do, and we love what you do, and we want you to keep doing it. And I just sort of started putting messages out and calls, and you just kept on it and kept on it, and finally, it just, I guess, you know, fate wanted it to be because, you know, he he got back to me. You know, like what, a couple weeks before the show, and agreed to do it. And you know, he listened to the podcast first. He wasn't like that. And he listened to my personal pleas of why I wanted him to do it, and it just it worked. I couldn't believe it. It's not like you know, I I knew a bunch of people. It was just like I happened to find the right channels and the right people and made it work. And I'm so glad I did because it made the episode just amazing. It was just epic. Did you like the fact it was four and a half hours long? <laughs> you know what? I didn't mind. It went so fast because there was so much stuff to talk about. That it wasn't like it was like, oh, you keep going. No. You know, granted, yeah, it was a lot to go through. You couldn't necessarily always get through it in one go. But it was well worth the listen. 
Well, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I mean, me and Jameson, I think we were on cloud nine for like two weeks, literally. It was like, I mean, when we were done with that, when we were done with that call, we literally just sat there and we didn't say a word. I mean, it was pretty crazy, man. And the fact, it was very cool. The fact that he got Mr. Martin Cove on was just like, what? You know? That was a nice surprise. Yeah, I didn't. Even, I didn't want to let you know about it. I just, you yeah. know, we were like, dude, dude, do we tell anybody? And he's like, nah, man, just leave it a surprise. I Absolutely. Like, I mean, it was, and that's the thing. Like, you know, that's like someone like that. You know, he's a, he's a great actor. He's a good person. They took the time to say, you know, hey, I appreciate what you're doing. And it wasn't like you were just saying, I just like you because you were just in this. You had the scope of telling, yeah, I know about your other movies. I know the other work you've done. And the producing, he's starting to do in the directing and stuff. So great. Yeah. It was cool. Well, thank you so much. It was excellent. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad you were able to share that because, you know, uh, there's kind of a funny joke now in Easy A. You know, like, why didn't you get Emma Stone on the episode now? <laughs> Jameson's got to give you a hard time now. It's good. <laughs> that was funny. Jason gave me a hard time about that. But I mean, it was good. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. All right, guys. So uh, should we roll into our review of Mannequin? Let's go. All right. Jonathan Switcher sex. loves to talk to his work. You know, you're the first thing I've created that made me feel like an artist. Don't you like a new scarf? He never expected. Not especially. To hear it talk back. I really think I'm going crazy. I am so glad you're working here. I never thought they'd hire anyone stranger than me. You're the only one who can see me like this. To the rest of the world, he's a disaster. You're quiet! And she's a dummy. Ow! You are one sick puppy. But together... They don't do that. You weren't so shy when you were creating me. You weren't so real. They make magic. Uh, look at him with the dummy. Who are you to criticize? And that new stock boy. I just want you to keep an eye on him for me. I think I'm going to handle things my own way. All the girl mannequins disappeared from the windows last night. Film at 11. Yes, my dear, your favorite. She is gone to get him! You're magic. He's talking to the dummy again. Andrew McCarthy, Kim Cattrall. You know I would never bother you when you're getting a piece of wood. Mannequin.
So, Mannequin, 1987. This is the film that, uh, for me, this is my first chick flick movie that I love and adore. This is still my favorite of all time. This is the ultimate chick flicks for guys film for me is Mannequin. So, um, I, I'm ready to talk this movie like nothing, man. It's oh, good times. What's your what's your history with this, sir? My history, uh, yeah, this was uh, I remember watching it on VHS. Uh, I don't know, right? Late late 80s, uh, and then it it became one of those movies that was always on like USA. Uh, you know, Saturday afternoon, it's on. Just sit and watch it. Love it. It's it's bubblegum. You know, it's a popcorn movie, but it's so much fun. It's quintessential 80s. Uh, it's just a good time, you know? Yeah. So, uh, Lisa, why don't you, uh, you know, you kind of gave us a little bit of a tease in the beginning of your love for this film, but this is your favorite movie of all time. Is that correct? It is. It is. I, I, my husband yells at me all the time because like I always say, he tells me I'm stuck in the eighties, but like, it's one of those movies. It's just like your karate kid. I put it on. I'm not in the room. I'm quoting lines. I'm saying random stuff. And, like, you know, I'm not in the room, but I don't have to be because I just I know it so well. And it's just oh, great. Excellent. Uh, the music. The music is phenomenal in this movie. Good times. Uh, of course, the big one is Never Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship. Um, so on the album, my favorite song is by far from my favorite scene, which is the, uh, you know, Do You Dream About Me by Alicia. <laughs> that's that's my favorite that's my favorite song and my favorite scene of the whole film, man, where they just that montage. That's one of my top five greatest montage scenes is that mall scene, man. <laughs> it was. That was truly awesome. I mean, like, you know, you have so many different things and they were really categorizing the time about how they were dressed and the things they were doing. But it was just it worked. Oh, yeah. It's an 80s movie. You have to have a music interlude. Uh, you have to, them dressing up and just. <laughs> it's an 80s movie you gotta have montages and music videos in the middle of your movie yeah exactly uh it's funny the budget on this was only six million dollars i mean you can't even advertise nowadays for six million dollars it's crazy and uh this thing made 42 million bucks so it was definitely a big big hit back then um yeah. so let's talk about mr you know i guess we'll we'll kind of go through the beginning here um in regards to like the credits Pretty cool credits. Mm, love them. Uh, love them. I mean, it's like kind of cartoon, you know. I mean, it definitely, it's it's telling you the story of Emmy because we know Kim Cattrall, which is absolutely beautiful in this movie. She still looks gorgeous to this day. Uh, she's definitely aged well. But, I mean, she was my, if there was Elizabeth Shue number one, Kim Cattrall was number two. I mean, that's kind of how she was for me watching this movie. And, uh, you know, the beginning starts off with her, you know, talking to her mom in ancient Egypt. And I like the credits because it tells you her story without having to really show you. You could do it through the whole cartoon. So what do you think? I love it. I love the, uh, you know, the animated opening credits. You know, it's it just it lets you know immediately, like, this is going to be a fun movie. You know, it's not taking itself too seriously. It's going to be a good time. I, I love it. I think that it was really great. And I love the cartoon. It was very reminiscent of the time. Because, like, you had, like, remember, like, the even though this was Belinda Carlisle, it was, like, they had the Bengals. And yeah. um, I, I, it always makes me think of the beginnings of, like, Better Off Dead. Like, exactly. that whole cartoon beginning that was so popular then that worked, you know, because it really even described the movie as well as just the credit. 
you, you know what's terrible for me to admit? Um, today I posted this article. It says the top 10 underrated teen movies. And, of course, Some Kind of Wonderful is on there, which is awesome. It's like number three. But number one is Better Off Dead. And I've never seen that movie. Can you believe it, Mike? See it. I know it's terrible. I, I can't. I like it's one of those movies I watch and I can't get it out of my head. There's so many different catchphrases, but it's oh, it's just great. All right, Mike, we are getting you. I'm gonna sit you down. We're gonna watch Better <laughs> Off Dead. And we're gonna watch the first three Indiana Jones movies, and we're gonna get you right. Hey, get you squared away, man. Hey, we're still doing that retrospective, sir. Indiana Jones. I promise you that. We're and we're skipping number four. But uh, yeah, I'm all I'm all down for Better Off Dead, man. And in fact, I think that's Tawana's movie. You know, I don't know where she is. I haven't heard from her. I mean, Lisa, Tawana's your girl. Where's she been at? I know I haven't heard from her in a while. I've only seen like, you know, she hasn't even been online much at all either. I hope she's all right. She emails Jameson, but she won't email me. Aww. Hey, Tawana's my girl. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I think that's her movie she wanted to do is Better Off Dead. So I'm, you know, I'm all good trying to watch that movie because I I've heard good things. That's the one with John Cusack, right? Yes. Okay. Excellent. And uh, Booger. Booger, nice. So um, our main guy, Andrew McCarthy. I have to say, this I hate I hate to admit this. This is the only movie that I like Andrew McCarthy in. Oh. Wow. It's true. I know. And, and here's the thing. I always think of him as. Uh, like James Spader, complete douchebag. Oh, can't stand him. But he's not as bad as James Spader. Um, I think it's just because, you know, he, he was just so bad in those other movies. And not that he's a bad actor. I think he's a great actor. He's just, his character is always terrible. But in this movie, I love Jonathan Switcher, man. He's fantastic. But I don't know what it is. It's just, I think he's a great actor, but I've never liked any of his characters except this guy. That's interesting. Yeah. I love a lot of his characters. I think he was on, I mean, like, in the, right around 87, he was on fire. I mean, he had done Pretty in Pink. Uh, he had done St. Elmo's Fire. He had done Less Than Zero, which was amazing. Never. You tell I me mean, you don't like him in Weekend at Bernie's? Uh, uh, okay, I do. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that because I, I, I have St. Elmo's Fire still to watch. I know all about it. I have the song, but I've never seen the flick. And I'm just like, oh, I need to get going on that. Like, so, we're going to have a 1980s intervention. This is driving me nuts. I, I know, man. The truth comes out, right? It's like I have these certain classics that I still haven't seen yet, and that's one of them is uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Because every time I hear that song, I'm like, oh, I need to watch that movie and do that movie for STL. You know, it's This true. is going to be a series, a series of STL episodes of classic movies that Mike has never seen. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> That's right. What was that? That was good. <laughs> never heard that winner, winner, chicken dinner? No, I never heard that one. That's good. Mike, what is going on with you? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I'm off my game, I guess. Ugh. Hey, I'm awake this time. It's all good. That's true. It's not 530 in the morning or whatever it was. It's all good in the hood, brother. So, uh, But yeah, Andrew McCarthy, Jonathan Switcher, let's talk about this guy. What do you think of this guy? <laughs> he's He's... Like most people in this movie, he's bumbling. He's goofy. Um, he's got a big heart. He falls in love with a mannequin. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, He's an artist. For some reason, he his art form is making mannequins. That's what he loves to do. He takes his sweet time building them. And, hey, harmless guy. He likes wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it just me or... 
does Kim Cattrall not look like the mannequin? There is actually um, one of the trivia things uh, about the movie uh, is that there are scenes when they first make her that she doesn't look like the one later versus to her because they changed a little bit. And it was just to get the, the, the view right, because if you look at the later mannequin, she's got like a different side view from her face. Right. So they do mention that that was one of the like little misses in between. OK, now I do admit uh, as a kid, I would always think, wow, it doesn't look like her. But when I watched it the last time, I was like, OK, I can definitely see it in her face now. Like, OK, that really does look like Kim Cattrall. And then later on, it was like, huh, I don't know. You know, so I was always wondering about that, if it was just me or if it was actually a legitimate thing. Yeah, it is. OK, we broke the case wide open. Good times. So <laughs> let's talk about Kim, Kim Cattrall. I mean, is she not phenomenal in this movie or what? Go ahead, Lisa. Uh, she, she is. I think that she takes that whole, you know, um, I want to be, you know, the forward woman and do what I want. But at the same time, you know, she's very submissive in it, like very like I do what you want. Let's make sure that you have what you want. And so it's very funny that the contrast in the role, but it works because it makes her seem more sincere. Yeah, she's like you say, she's very, you know, very much submissive. I, it's what you'd expect somebody coming from ancient Egypt, you know, <laughs> but, but then she does fill in very nicely and kind of provide the oomph to, uh, Angie McCarthy's character, you know, in certain scenes where, uh, where Captain Felix is chasing after him or, you know, attacking him. She provides the knockout punch a couple of times, kind of, you know, standing up for him. So it is kind of a interesting dichotomy between that. Now, Estelle Getty, of course, is, the, probably the greatest boss in all of movies. I mean, this girl or lady or woman, whatever you want to call her, she is just the nicest, sweetest, best boss you could possibly have. Uh, I don't know. I, I love her in this movie. She's great. She's a bumbling old lady who's losing her business because she won't give it the time. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to retire and sell the business off before she tanks the whole building. I mean, that's her arrogance is kind of the beauty of her character, wouldn't you agree? She's yeah. sweet, you know. She wants to do good. She she's kind of running the business like a family business. It looks like a big, you know, Macy's type store. What time do we open? We are open. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. You know, if you hire somebody off the street and they're your vice president like a couple of days later, you're not making good decisions. It's true. Now, as a kid, I saw Hollywood and I'm like, man, this guy's really funny. I didn't know anything about him. He Kate. was flamboyant. Yeah. But, man, is he the best flamboyant guy I've ever seen on TV? Oh, I love Hollywood, man. Good times. He is. He said that when he took this role that um, he played it over the top because he thought no one would go see, quote, a movie about a man and his dog. So he just didn't care if he was over the top because he knew that – he wasn't worried about anybody seeing it, let alone knowing that this is the second most popular role he's known for to date. Right. And Compared, he, yeah, it's 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 just too bad that Meshach Taylor got stereotyped as the yeah. flamboyant gay black man. It's true. And he ends up going to the sequel. So, of course. Now, <laughs> um, do you now I'm a big Chrissy Swanson fan. So I actually like the sequel. I don't think it's nearly as awesome as the first movie. But have you two seen the second movie and what's your thoughts? Michael, if you listen to Movie Mojo Monthly, you would know 
that two months ago, my guilty pleasure was Mannequin 2, Mannequin on the Move. Love that movie. Yes, love sir. It. What about you, Lisa? I, I loved it. R- William Ragsdale, I, I so remember him from the TV show he did, Herman's Head. Herman's Head, yes. Yeah. And um, I, I just, he, I think he played it great. Like, um, you know, of course, like, my least favorite character was the sleazy, like, Lord guy. But, uh, yeah, I thought that they, they were great at it. They were realistic, and it was just... It wasn't like over the top cheese. It was like you could at least like be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Now, there's one song that's in that movie that is uh, Can't Believe My Eyes by Gene Miller. I love, I guess the original version is done by Earth, Wind, and Fire, if I remember correctly. But the version that's in that movie, you cannot actually get. I guess it was released for like a month and he took it off, and nobody's ever been able to find this version. The only version you can find is the one minute version that they play in the movie of when they're dancing on the um, you know dance floor. I love that version of that song, and it just sucks. It's the one song I'll never be able to get. Never. Never. Lisa's going gonna, Lisa to contact somebody. <laughs> yeah. And it'll, it'll be arriving in your mailbox. Uh, you know, that's the thing I find with a lot of, like, you know, older 80s movies is that you miss out on a lot of the music. Because for me, for the longest time, even for just for Mannequin, I couldn't find the Alicia song. I got some random download of it, and it's got little, you can hear the breaks and the skips in it, but I loved it so much I had to have it. So, and now you can get it, but. Yeah, I, I bought that on iTunes, and when I played it on uh, Underground Hour, uh, everybody's like, where did you get that song? That's from Mannequin. I've never been able to find it. I'm like, it's on iTunes. It's where I got it from, you know? It's like I looked up who sang the song, and it was just happened to be on iTunes, kind of like the Heavenly Kids soundtrack. You could not get your hands on that for years. And two years ago, right after I did the episode of Heavenly Kid, it showed up on iTunes for 9 bucks, and, mm. and they haven't taken it off since. So just sometimes, once in a great while, really hard soundtracks end up on iTunes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So, yeah. What's up, Jameson? You still there, sir? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's quiet. Too quiet. Dude, Hello? are you there? <laughs> Hello? It's me, Margaret. What? Uh, yeah, I'm here. My mute was on on accident because I was sneezing. Oh, my gosh, man. I, I was talking. You just gave me a heart attack. I thought I lost you. I was like, oh, man, I don't have to. Oh, now I got to hang up. and Yeah, awesome. Good time. I'm right here. I didn't realize the mute was still on. All right, so what did you say while you were screaming at us in your mute button? Oh, I said, uh, hey, Mike, hang on a second. I got to go get another beer. <laughs> That's important, right? I guess. It's like 105 out here right now. I'm hot. Why don't you Why don't you drink some sweet tea instead, man? Oh, sweet tea's disgusting. What is wrong what? with you? Sweet you tea. Exactly. You, are, you take that back. You are fired, sir. I can get some sweet tea, but I have to add vodka to it in order for it to taste good. Because sweet tea is gross. Oh. You're not even a drinker. What are you talking about? <laughs> the SDL's like, this guy's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. It's gross without vodka. Oh, oh, that is sacrilege. Exactly. Sweet tea is the best. Oh. You guys are gross. You will not edit that out. No. Are you back, sir? I'm back. Dude, I have to record from the from the three-season porch, and it's like 90 degrees on this porch right now. Oh, my gosh, dude. Otherwise, you're going to hear kids screaming. Good time. So going back to uh, Hollywood, uh, he is my favorite plant boy, and he's great. He definitely uh, steals this movie. He Anything he does, mm-hmm, snaps his fingers. Anytime he talks to the girls, he sticks up for Jonathan so much in this movie, you know, where he has the suit and he's going to jump out the window. Uh, I mean, I could quote his lines. I mean, I, I'm sure, Lisa, this is like you quote this guy probably more than anybody, don't you? I do, especially like his one with the 
jelly donuts they caught to me in the middle of the night. Hollywood. <laughs> Come get me, Hollywood. It's just, I, oh, I love his pink Cadillac with the bad girl license plates yeah. and the polka dot car cover. Yeah, he got a, it. Uh, it was a that was a classic car they got on loan in Pennsylvania, and um, he like it was a bunch of extras that they had um, that when they were filming, and he like had everybody in the thing, and they um, they made that cover especially for the movie. It was I thought that was awesome. I just love the license plate of Bad Girl. <laughs> they are not trying to be discreet at all no this guy. <laughs> no i you know like uh in the bathroom you know what are they doing he's either talk. what does she say or the dummy that girl that says or the dummy what is that she says yeah, she, oh is it something the fairy or the dummy who's yeah, crying the vice president <laughs> the fairy or the dummy <laughs> oh i love it you know I, that trivia was pretty cool you have any more good trivia for us that we don't know about um, there was all kinds of, I mean, like random stuff, like, um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, not to put you on a spot or anything. I know. I'm just like, oh, uh, you know, just little stuff like they talked about. There wasn't too much, um, flow with the, with too many parts, but it was like, you know, they kind of like the fact that they had a bunch of, they must, they said they had like 12 pair of bowling shoes. That way they could keep the consistency of him having bowling shoes on to like the whole show or, <laughs> um, the place they filmed at was an actual place in Pennsylvania. They actually, because if you look at the beginning, they mentioned that it's in Philadelphia, PA, and they actually do film a bunch of it in actual uh, Philly. And the place they used was like a John Wannabe, a Wanamaker's uh, department store. And it later turned into something else. Now it's a Macy's, but it's an actual still store. And the Illustra store was a place called Bosco's. And they use that and the the apartments, the restaurant, the Deutschester and the apartments that they lived in um, were they actually can pinpoint the actual real locations for those places. It was really cool because back then they at least actually used real locations. Excellent. So our um, our quote unquote villains of this movie um, are, uh, you know, we have Mr. BJ. We have Roxy. We have, uh, you know, Felix. So, and then my favorite, Armand, the guy that always wants to get in her pants, Roxy. Uh, this guy is, yeah, this guy is almost as awesome as Hollywood. Just everything he says, because as a kid, it went right over my head, but now I totally get it, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, good time. So, um, who's your favorite and uh, who do you not like out of this group? I mean, is there anybody, I mean, I think they all did good in their roles, but uh, who, who do you think's the best villain of these four here? For me, I'd probably have to say um, James Spader. Like, I loved Felix, and he, but he was more funny. James Spader was like, he he gets into that like slick, uh, <laughs> just nerdy, like just strange characters, and he does it so well. It's just it's creepy yeah. how well he does it. Like, there's a scene where he's they're fighting or they're chasing each other through Alustra, and you see um, James Spader's character going down the stairs. And he stops to slick his hair back as he's running through, you know. Yeah, right. Like, you know, he just he just sticks to his, his character really well. So what about yeah. you? What do you got, man? I, I love the fact that there are so many villains in this movie. <laughs> you know, you have the illustrious boss. You got Spader. You got, you know, security guard Felix. You got his <laughs> ex-girlfriend. And then Armand. It's like everybody in this movie. But yeah, Spader is just, he is so great at playing the sleazy role and he's so great in this movie he's just playing 
sleazy yet wussy villain. Right. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty at all. <laughs> right. He wants somebody else to do all the work for him. And he's just so conniving and snivelly. I love it. He's perfect at that. Ten dollars should suffice. You know, <laughs> it's like that's how much your life is worth that you got saved. Here's ten dollars, you know. Oh. He's good. I love I love though I do love Felix. I mean, I loved him in Police Academy. Yes. Uh, you know, he's great as this is the crazed night security guard with his with I, I love his dog him and his dog Rambo going back and forth, you know, always talking to Rambo. Screw your dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just he loves that dog. And then poor Rambo has to be replaced by the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> I now, love that. You know, that scene, uh, the one at the end in Lustra is my second favorite scene of the film. And I love that whole dog scene because I'm, I'm terrified of dogs because as a kid, I was attacked by a dog like three times. It was terrible. And just that whole thing, like when I had my girls watch this, I was like, watch what he does, you know, because they're scared of dogs, too. And I was like, you see how that dog went right by him? And it probably wouldn't really happen in real life. But I was like, see how he just moved and didn't do nothing? That's what would happen that you should do when you see a dog like that, you know. And I just thought he's like, cute dog, and he just runs off. I love that whole Keystone Cops final scene of them all chasing him it's it's funny yeah it it's a really great choreographed scene i mean a lot of it's over the top but i mean it's it's such a great scene it's uh so good i, mean, I, could, t- I could talk hours on just that scene alone but <laughs> don't do it and the characters um it was funny i was i was reading some stuff about the different characters and stuff and someone described um roxy as um the wimpy version of fran drescher she was Fran Drescher without the nasal problem. Uh, I'm like, that's just it's funny. I love that she is that it's his ex girlfriend, right? She wants the best form in the world at the beginning of the movie, right? Right. And kind of just gets tired of his act, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, you don't have any drive. And then, so, so she's like this big go getter girl, you know, working for Illustra. And by the end of the movie, she's just some dumb ex girlfriend who's jealous of a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's funny like she kind of got turned into this weird character towards the end i don't know she got brainwashed by the illustra boss or whatever like you know if i was her i would not be walking i'd be running i don't know what the hell her problem was why she was walking <laughs> it's it's a weird walk too it is well <laughs> lisa give us a female perspective why was she walking and why was she walking like that well because she was mad and that was her way to show that she was mad by you know, pursing her arms and doing that little fast little speed walk without running. She still wanted him to kept. She still wanted him to follow her, but he right. Just, she kept looking back, making sure like he's still following me, right? Yeah, exactly. Fox, Roxy, you're so foxy. I just, I, I love that guy, man. He's so good. Oh, I broke my camera when she throws him down the elevator. <laughs> oh man, he's so yeah. good. When she agrees to go back to the apartment with him, and he's like, maybe I should get a mannequin too. Oh yeah. I never got that as a kid. I was like, why does he just keep staring at his stuff? I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> the one thing about this movie that I love, and it's basically the entire premise of this movie, outside of the mannequin coming to life part, is the fact that a struggling department store window draws these crowds and front page news stories about this guy who's designing things in the front <laughs> store. In the window of this struggling department store, every time there's that that whole scene in the middle where just people are thronging to see what's next and <laughs> spinning newspaper with Andrew McCarthy's face on the front, like, hip new 
window designer. Like, I love that. It cracks me up. Like, that's a believable premise. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it when uh, Hollywood's like talking about the window and BG's like, it sucks. You know, <laughs> outside, just the way he says it's funny. But you're right. It's crazy. I mean, that back in the 80s, that was front page news, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting edge scenes, you know, the little different the different scenes that he made and stuff. It was really cool. So, Lisa, what is your favorite scene of this movie? My favorite scene, uh, next to the montage scene, would have to be when she first comes to life and after she asks him, you know, you know, you don't like my scarf, and she he says no. And um she goes she walks off um to go into the store and he sits down and he says, I'm 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 stressing out. I'm having hallucinations. It's caused by stress. And he says, food additives. <laughs> and it took me like two years to figure out what he was actually saying. As much as I watched, I couldn't make it out. And now it just, it's my favorite scene. Like he has that voice that he'll be saying something and then his voice will break. Food additives. Food yeah. additives. <laughs> and it just, it makes it. It's just, oh, I love it. Excellent. <laughs> what about you, sir? Oh, man. I don't know. There's a few. I, you know what surprised me? The last time I rewatched this was there's one scene in all this movie that seems so out of place in just the fact the way it was shot that it, it's like a beautiful actual shot in this movie was the scene where Kim Cattrall jumps onto that glider that's at the top of the store. <laughs> right. And kind of starts circling around. She's going to fly. Right. Right. And she starts circling around and there's that shot from the floor looking straight up the middle like the arboretum or whatever part of the, right. the store between the stairs and this glider kind of circling around like that's actually a really beautiful shot that's crazy this is mannequin yeah i know uh, what shot you're talking about i i thought the same thing i'm like wow that looks pretty you know I- then they then they cut to different shots and it looks <laughs> kind of ridiculous but like <laughs> when, when they show the close-up of her like oh that looks fake but but yeah, that, that it's always... supposed to be she's turning to a mannequin man right uh, um i like that for me, man, I love the end. I love the the Keystone Cops chase scene to her <laughs> grabbing, grabbing yeah. the mannequin and throwing her into a wood chipper. The music is the score in this movie really is what helps drive the emotional value of this movie. And you know, it's, it's especially like when he's looking in the window when it's raining out and he's looking in the window and he's just staring at her and the 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 melody that's playing is just. It's a really beautiful score. I mean, I wish I could get my hands on the score because it really has, like, uh, when he puts the pearls around her and they go on the bike and she, like, wraps her arms around them. And that's it's kind of the same melody. I love it, man. It's good stuff. I'm a sucker for that kind of music. So it makes me a sissy boy, I guess. I don't know. Well, hey, this is chick, fl- chick flicks for guys, dude. So you're in, you're in good company right now. Yeah, it's time to chick out, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I mean, don't you agree? I mean, not just the music, but the score. Don't you think the score is really good? I mean, as you know, The Karate Kid's my favorite score, and the score is what really helps drive that movie. So what about for you guys? I mean, at least I'm sure you really appreciate the score in this movie, don't you? I do. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, it it totally takes you in places that you wouldn't – like, you're going to get there, but it gets you there so much faster because – you can follow it and like it just has good beats it, it's not like it's like random music or electronic it really has some melody that follows and i i love it if i could get my hands on it i would buy it yeah no all right i'm gonna get on my casio keyboard i'm gonna record the score for you guys i'll send it to you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> whatever that's terrible 
I don't want to hear your background noise. <laughs> you probably got one of those crappy tape players, man. You don't know what I have. <laughs> I know you got crappy equipment. I'm a trained musician. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I so, agree. The score is beautiful. Yeah, it's it's excellent. Now, you know, you got to forgive me. This is the first time ever in STL history that I have no notes because I was going to write everything down and my DVD would not work. And, of course, I can't find it in a video store. I can't find it on demand. I can't. So I unfortunately... You know, I saw it two months ago because it came on it came on cable. It just so happens I was like, yes, I can watch it. And my girls watched it. And as I'm about ready to write down the notes, what I wanted to talk about, it crapped out. And you, sir, fell asleep 20 minutes in. So I wish I could, like, talk about my favorite lines and stuff. But I, My favorite line is when James Spader's talking to Captain Felix. He's like, you were – what was it? You were in the military, right? Yes, sir. Airborne. Like, did you ever jump out of a plane and land on your face? <laughs> yes, sir. I failed to see what that has to do with anything, though. <laughs> I love that line. Oh, yeah. That was excellent. What about you, Lisa? Do you have, like, a favorite line that you just, like... Because you, you repeat a bunch of them, but do you have, like, a favorite that you're just, like, this is my ultimate one? Um, Probably close to the end where, um, like, you know, he's... Uh, Jonathan shaves Emmy from the chipper and takes her out and he's like well mama put the coins in my eyes because i sure do not believe what i'm seeing <laughs> it's just oh great and then when he and especially when he first introduces himself to jonathan and he was like hollywood and he snaps he's like hollywood montrose doesn't it just sing i mean it's just he just he's so funny most of the lines i have to say probably come from him yeah it's terrible as i have those sunglasses where he's changing them and they're the real yes. funky ones i had them from the back to the future 2 pizza hut deal where they had those futuristic glasses i'm like those are the ones hollywood wears i gotta get those so i actually have those glasses which is pretty terrible but. or how about when um hollywood uh like uh he's telling jonathan about felix and he says that Felix has a bad case of Miami Vice. Yes, that's a great one. <laughs> oh, that that one's awesome. Emmy Mike, has what? I think we need a picture of you on on the STL Nation page wearing these sunglasses. Woo-hoo. Now there yeah? is there is a new website, stlpodcast.com. That's coming soon. Yep, yep. I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah. It's gonna be great. So <laughs> I might throw that on there because you know. There, there is a section about myself with a picture, so I might have to switch that to. Uh, Ooh, this is like a tease. Yeah, you, you know, did did you watch the YouTube video I uploaded the other day, sir? Sadly, no. What about you, Lisa? Did you check that I out? I did. What did you I think? Did. That was really cool. It was really nice to be able to see all that stuff, and just it's nice, you know, for people that you know, even new listeners get the chance to like see you and to see like where you work, and I thought it was really cool. Cool. Thanks. You know, unfortunately, Jameson over here, he didn't watch it, so he can't, you know, understand what you're talking about. Mike, I've seen your face. That's all I need. Uh, <laughs> we did take a picture together, so. Yeah, we did. It's all good in the hood. So, but yeah, it, it was fun. You know, I just wanted, I gave a sneak peek in that video. Here's stlpodcast.com. Bam. And it was like a half a second. It was great. I yeah, like, half a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you pause it and just do it a little slow, you might see it. So, it was good. Now, uh, is there any scene in this movie that you do not like? Not for me, man. This, the, the thing I like about this movie is, you know, like at the beginning, I said, this is quintessential 80s, man. This, I mean, you take movies like this and Weekend at Bernie's and, and just goofy movies like that that have, 
ridiculous premises if you're reading it on paper. Right. And it, only in the 80s were these things, you, you could accept them because I think there was a whole just acceptance of things like this and, and outrageous was great. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard when movies are like that to, to really say like, Oh, that seems stupid. You know, r- really? I mean, I, I think everything in it is great. You know, there's weird flow issues I think with it, but dude, it's just an enjoyable movie. Excellent. Most definitely. I, I, I think it works. I mean, you know, the few little things that you might, I might pick out here or pick out there. They're so little that in the in the whole movie itself, it doesn't really make a difference because you sit back, you you get your popcorn, you watch it, you have a good laugh, you have a good like oh moment, and you know it's great. Yeah, and do you not rock out every time you get to the end where they get married and nothing's gonna stop us now? Plays. I mean, do you not <laughs> rock out to that tune or what? I was watching it last night, um, and my husband came home and. I'm I'm just he, he sits down and he I'm finished watching the movie and and I'm just singing away and he's just shaking his head at me like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh good times I love the fact that this movie spawned a, a small subculture of movies about mannequins that come to life <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw uh, uh, like I think it was called I Want a Mom for Christmas no with with um, Olivia Newton-John, that came out right around the same time, a couple years later. It was a Christmas movie where a girl has a Christmas wish, like her mom is dead or gone. And oh, she yeah, wishes, or wishes for a mom, and then she gets a mannequin that <laughs> comes to life. It's Olivia Newton-John. She becomes her mom. Huh. You know, I love that it's like, yeah, you know what? That works. It's People are buying it. People are buying the whole mannequin comes to life thing. Let's make it their her mom instead. Yeah. I, I missed that one. Now, um, Evidently, there's supposed to be a remake in development. Um, this is back in 2010. Uh, they said that it's an early development, and uh, they have an envisioning of a plot of a man crushing on their laser display hologram as opposed to a mannequin, but no further development is currently outstanding right now. So they're going to kind of change the aspect. I, I don't want them to remake this, especially mm-hmm. if they're not going to be doing a mannequin. They're going to do a laser hologram instead of a mannequin. That'd be kind of weird. It, yeah. yeah, You know, Meshach Taylor is already making phone calls. <laughs> hey, guys, do you need me? I've got the glasses. <laughs> I've, got, I've got some crazy jackets still. Do you need Hollywood? I need work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the critics hated this movie, man. man. That's because critics are jerks. Man. they they uh, It's like a 22% by most of the uh, critics. Of course, it's a cult classic, but, I mean, they, they call this movie complete trash. And I don't get it, man. I, I really don't get what, what's up with these guys, why they had to harp on this movie so bad. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, granted, you know, you have to have a believability factor with it. And I think that sometimes critics just don't get that. They think that it has to have meaning and reason and, and honesty. That's, isn't that point of half the movies we watch anyway? Is that you don't you have to have a believability factor, but you're sort of there knowing you're going along for the ride, even if it's the most realistic of concepts. <laughs> you know, Jameson, this movie reminds me of a movie we did earlier this year, Weird Science, sir, mm-hmm. because uh, it's a crazy concept and the movie exactly. works just like this. This is a crazy concept and it works. It's the characters in the movie that you just fall in love with that makes this crazy, ridiculous concept work. So, you know, I, I think I think one out of four movies made in the 80s had some just unbelievable concept. They're just like, what? 
but they just made it work, you know, different, just crazy things coming to life and just whatever happens, kids, kids becoming heroes and this and that. And, you know, it was a huge thing in the eighties to just push it see how far with everything, you know, it was just the era of indulgence. And so just, just keep going, take it further, take it further, make it more outrageous, you know, and, and it's, it worked, it worked at the time. You know, people loved it. You know, movies were fun to go see. You know, you're talking about critics. I think 85% of critics don't like having fun. So, you know, that kind of explains that. But, um, you know, in its era, this was amazing. And there were so many movies just like, you know, in that same concept that were just that we love. We still love. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that wouldn't work today. Like, that's this is something I have to ask for y'all, because this is something that that I always talk to my friends about constantly is that a lot of the things the props the scenes the way things were done in the 80s uh were so to me i don't know because you know me i'm a love the 80s were better because they were more even though they might have been built they might have been props they they worked and now everything is cgi and i think you lose so much of the of the the plot and the storyline and just the general just because you're looking at it watching it the whole time going that's not that's cgi that's not even built and I've been working with it. Yeah, you know, just from an outsider's perspective, when I listen to, you know, Jameson over on, you know, MMM, you know, his reviews usually end with, you know, this was good, but the CGI took me out of it. It's yeah. o- it's always the same thing that I hear coming out of your mouth is the CGI took me out of it. You know, it's the, used too much. That's why. The the other day I saw a picture of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man walking down the street and they showed the puppeteers using him crushing the cars and it's all practical effects and when you look at it and you see and you just see it it's so real when you watch ghostbusters and then when you see how they did it you just see these guys holding this big puppet it just amazes me how real that is like never-ending story falcor the morgue all that stuff so many things man i i agree a hundred percent with what lisa's saying is i mean for me i'm kind of like you lisa i love the 80s for me yeah. I love popcorn movies. I grew up with popcorn movies. You know, my tastes have kind of changed as I've aged. But in my heart, I think that the best, most fun movies ever were made in the 80s. Yep. I think that was the best decade for movies overall. I mean, serious movies, fun movies, everything. I agree. And, the, you know, I do recently, you know, the trend has been to get more gritty, more real, more gritty, more real with everything that they do. You know, it's not okay to have fun. And when movies do try and have fun, they get ripped apart. Yeah. But you talk about the you know props and just comparing for me my movies you you take the Star Wars movies you take the the original trilogy with mostly practical effects the the original original before they tweaked with it right you know mostly practical effects Yoda's a puppet he's not a CGI thing you yeah. know landscapes are are painted matte paintings and actual props instead of a scene with a guy who the only th- real thing in the scene might be a guy's head you know even his body is is cgi and nothing else in the scene is real it just takes me out of movies you know i love seeing things and and yeah you can pick out flaws in these 80s movies with props and and ridiculous things you know and well that's just a painted shoebox that's all that is you know but it's fun and it's and it's it's part of the the magic of movie making that i enjoyed as a kid yeah that kind of gets lost now where you can digitally perfect everything and make it it, it look sterile and the just one I always use for comparison for, for for the most that i always think of 
is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory versus um, versus um, Charlie Factory. I yeah. mean, it's just how people can compare those two is just beyond me. Yeah, that's a great comparison. That's yeah, a hundred percent. That's that's a wonderful comparison because it, it it just loses the feel. It I loses mean, the magic in regards to Star Wars, Yoda from Empire and Jedi versus Episode One, Two, and Three is not looks like a completely different Yoda, you know, yeah. especially the first mo- the first movie is terrible looking in. But he got better by episode 3. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um but, I mean yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. No, I I definitely would agree 100% with you. I mean, that's kind of the thing with with this show is it kind of took a life of its own where the fans were just like the more 80s movies you do, the better it is. And it's like, let's go down memory lane. Let's see if the movies hold up. Let's see what, how much fun we can still have in 2012, 2013 with these movies we grew up with. And most of the movies work. Some of them don't. But, I mean, that's kind of the, the funness of going down memory lane with these movies. And I agree 100% with you, sir, that the 80s for me is my quintessential time period period. Uh, overall with movies you know music is part of it but i i wouldn't go as far as say 80s is the greatest music ever for me but a lot of it comes from there but i'm definitely with you sir in regards to uh just practical effects and emotion and just fun and you're right every concept is out there in the 80s uh so yeah i i agree with you man 100 percent. very good yeah and i agree with you very good on that one sir <laughs> I just I get afraid to say it. It just comes out. Well, sometimes I know you're actually real when you're saying very good, and then I know your other times where you're just like, yeah, very good. So, it's my blow off, very I, good. I I hear that on Movie Mojo, like, oh, that's his blow off. I, <laughs> I and then I just laugh. It's great. You have me catching myself in real life now too. Seriously? I realize I say it like, oh, well, they don't know about that. <laughs> It's cool. So um, overall, I would have to say, is there anything else that we need to talk about this movie, or do, or you guys feel comfortable that we kind of we kind of touched on everything? Oh, I had one more piece of trivia I wanted to add. Okay. Uh, with uh, when they originally wanted to make the movie, they wanted to use Dudley Moore, Ooh. but when um, they went with uh, Andrew McCartney, they really changed. Like it sort of changed the concept of the movie. I think it worked out obviously for the better but yeah wow that would have been a whole different movie yeah <laughs> i mean i like but it, it probably it maybe would have worked yeah. yeah i mean i like dudley moore back in the 80s don't love him at all right it would have been a really different movie i yeah i'm glad they went the way they did yeah like father like son is maybe my favorite but i'm not a huge fan of dudley moore yeah yeah he had he had a niche to him too. He had a he had a shtick to him that um, he kind of brought to every role. Yeah, I I'm glad that they went where they did with Andrew McCarthy. So I mean, you're right. I mean, you summed it all up. Uh, he's just a bumbling guy that's always in the right place at the right time, and he just he has a lot of heart. You know, the chemistry between you know I've always in my mind envisioned a sequel to this that they're still married to this day and that they have kids and just everything, you know, it's like these two have, I just love their relationship together. And it's just every time he, he goes up 
at the end and he grabs her, it still gives me chills just by the way the music does because you can see the little wax on her hand that she's pretending to be a mannequin and then she moves and you can see the wax move. But that little tiny thing doesn't really bother me too much. It's just like it gives me so much chills when she comes back to, you know, come into life for real. It's just their relationship is just so amazing in this movie. That's why it's still my favorite chick flick because I take every chick flick movie and compare it to this. And like, do you have the relationship of Emmy and Jonathan? You know, that's kind of how I look at it. So would you say, Lisa? So that's what I like to hear. That's that's right. It's it's the standard. It's the only thing that I that I I, I'm missing. I wish they would do as I wish they were released on Blu-ray, but they will not. They will not do it. No. Why not? If you can look, I mean, now to the standard of what you're used to, if you watch it on DVD, you can really tell that they didn't preserve the film well. No. Like you can really tell. So I, I don't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't hold up on Blu-ray at all. But yeah. I wish they released because that way they could do some commentary and maybe you get a few extras. But what you, do you do? You know, Halloween, man. Um, I've seen that's going to be coming out. Uh, it's actually already out on Blu-ray, but they're doing another one with uh, new commentary tracks from John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis. And that Blu-ray transfer looks great. And the Karate Kid, when I first bought that Blu-ray, I was afraid to watch it because I'm like, there's no way they're going to make this look that good. And I was in shock of how good that looked. Uh, but I've also seen Ghostbusters in Blu-ray, <laughs> and that looks bad. So I kind of see where you're going, that mannequin, because I don't know. I, I think because I've always seen it in VHS, I still have the VHS picture frame in my mind when I watch it. So yeah. it has that kind of gray color to it, if you will. It's not very bright. So, yeah, a, a Blu-ray transfer would definitely take the grayness out of this. And I don't know if I would dig that too much. Right. So, But that's interesting to hear. Uh, and we know part two will never get a Blu-ray because, I mean, I think that movie's hated even more than this one is. You can only get that now if you buy it on the combo. Like, you can find it on Amazon and sometimes on eBay, but that one's really hard to find as well. Yeah, I had to buy the combo just to get Mannequin 2, even though I already had Mannequin 1. Yeah. <laughs> I went and bought the combo to get Mannequin 2 and then dumped off the other one, but yeah. Good That's times. a great movie, man. Yeah, I love part two. I would I would rate number one with five stars, and I would rate number two with four. That's where I would go with my ratings. What do you got? You talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> or whoever wants to go. What do you guys got for your ratings? For one right. and two. All right. I would go a I would go a four and a three and a half. Okay. I I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm a five and a four. Okay. So Jameson, what's your reason behind the four and a half, sir? Uh, the four that I gave it, I don't know. You gave it a four or a four yeah, and a half? a four and a three and a half, okay. one and two. So you're a solid four on Mannequin 1. Okay. Yeah. So what's your star, what's your reason for dropping the star? I'm just curious. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't love the movie. Okay. You know, I, I love, you know, I enjoy it. It's fun. But to get, get a five, I gotta love it. Fair enough. I love this movie. So, I mean, as I said, it's my favorite of the you know chick flicks for guys this is my standard right here so you know good times and uh at least i i already figured yours was already a five going into it so you know yeah <laughs> not, not really a shocker there. Grave, she said eh, it's a three three and a half yeah what did it be like what that's your favorite movie of all time and you gave it a three i hate movies <laughs> Oh, excellent. So is there anything else you guys want to cover before we roll in emails? We got emails? We do have emails. In fact, 
we actually have a brand new STL member, sir. I'm excited for that. So, do you have anything, Lisa, before we uh, move on? No, I'm good. I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited to be included in this, and it's great having you on. Yeah, it's great having you on. It's good times, you know. I, I wanted to get you on number one to thank you for, you know, pulling off the hundredth episode and making it as epic as it was, and two. Uh, you know, you won the contest. So, you know, the people that don't know, there was a contest to be on STL and you won it because you guessed uh, the trivia contest for the 100th episode. The one who guessed the most correct amount of answers got a chance to go on the show. And you were I knew some of them, but I didn't know all of them. And I thought my family was going to kill me. I was I was listening to this and stopping and forwarding, going past, but it was worth it. Awesome. And I figured the best movie would be your favorite. And it, it worked out because Tawana and uh, Monday Night Jason were supposed to be on before you. And I mm-hmm. asked them both. I was like, hey, you know, Mannequin happens to fit in the chick flicks for guys. Do you mind if I bump you and have Lisa go in front of you? And they were cool with it. So, uh, you know, I figured this is the kind of the best way to repay you. The thank you is to bring you out for Mannequin. So it was awesome having you on. That's for sure. I'm much appreciated. But best of all, you didn't have to email it, right? Yeah, you didn't have to read my page long email. <laughs> yeah, I figured if I got you on, it'd be, you know, you could say what you wanted to say. You wouldn't have to write it out. It'd be all good. So, yeah. All right. So why don't we get into emails? And let's hear what the STL Nation has to say. So our first email, sir, is a brand new STL member. So uh, what happens, What happens, sir, when we have a new STL member? Banzai! Yeah. Banzai, Daniel, sir! Hey, Banzai! 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 <laughs> so this one comes from Damon. Now, Damon, of course, doesn't have his nickname yet because this is his first email. So here's what he had to say. Greetings. Love the show. Explanation point. I've been listening since the beginning. Can you believe that? I, I still, in, uh, when I hear people listen to episode one, I don't know. I kind of throw up in my mouth a little and bit. They, and they still stick around? Yeah. It's like, wow. And then when I go back and listen to how horrible the sound quality was, it's like, oh, I just want to cry. <laughs> I don't know, Lisa. Was it that bad? Okay. It was, you know. Okay, good. You're not lying. Yes, but. It was a good episode, so it didn't matter. You get around the fact that the sound wasn't the best because it was a good episode. Cool. Well, thank you. Uh, after also enjoying the continuing evolution of the segments and the inclusion of the Underground Hour. Woohoo! Lisa, you are a big fan of the Underground Hour. Is that right? I am. I am. I, I listen to them all the time. I save them up, and that way I have a nice long. I can listen to the whole thing during the car ride. I just got finished with the Guilty Pleasures. Excellent. So. Did you did you like my list there? I have to say I did. There was only like maybe one or two. I was like, eh, but you know, a couple <laughs> surprised me with that. I actually was like, wow, I actually sort of like this. So. That's that's cool. Hey, Jameson, we uh we got Lisa in the flyleaf, sir. Nice. Yes. Oh, that's what I've been wanting to tell you. I've been wanting to post this forever. Uh, have you ever heard of Plum? Yes. Yes. Okay. Plum. Uh, yeah, because um I talked to her, you know, a lot and. She posts and different stuff, but she's got a song that's called Cut. And it reminds me so much of Flyleaf when I, like, now that I know about Flyleaf, that to listen to it, I think you would just love it. 
Well, I have to go back and rediscover it. Yeah, I'm a big Plum fan. I have the first three CDs. I haven't got any of the new stuff, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, good stuff. I'm definitely a big Plum fan. So, but that's awesome. Yeah, she she loves Fire Fire, sir. So yes. that's why in the last Underground Hour, I purposely played those for you because I totally thought of you when I did Fire Fire. I I wanted you to hear the new singer and then of course end it with the classic Lacey version. So they're so good. I know. Good times. So, anyways, going back to the episode, it says happy or email, happy post hundredth and more to come about Bill and Ted. I also enjoyed these movies and they were also simple fun. I would rate these films what you did. One minor thing I never liked though was that the two princess characters were portrayed by different actresses for each film, which is true. Um, about what you were saying about the uh, time cop reference, I just want to say that when both Bill and Ted touched, that they were uh, they were not all the same. Two were evil robots and two were human. So really, in this particular universe, we really don't know what would happen. Um, if to kind of recap. I was mentioning how Bill and Ted don't really care about time travel rules. If you kind of go by time time cop rules, the same matter can't occupy the same space. Mm-hmm. And they don't ever do that in this film. And he's that's what he's referring to about how they do actually touch each other, but technically they're robots, so it really doesn't matter. So, um, And he also said, did anyone also catch the time travel rules kind of change in Bogus Journey? At the end, when they left to go learn how to play and got married, no time had passed in Sam Demas. I totally missed this. Hmm. So good call, Damon. Excellent. Uh, looking forward to the next show. Hopefully it will be Mannequin. I really like Kim Cantrell back then. Damon from Houston. So thank you, Damon, for writing in, sir. Welcome nice. to the nation. Good times. So can't wait to hear more from you, sir. All right. So our new friend, the new the new member of the STL Nation, Peter, uh, has been blowing up the STL Nation, man. We got this awesome game going on, sir. Yeah. Good time. Why don't you tell everybody about that game, sir? Because you've been killing at it, man, as always, with every game we got going. Well, well, I'll give you a little backstory on why that is. But yeah, you started (laughs) up the, the, uh, basically the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, where you got to link two actors or actresses uh, through movies and different actors they've worked with to to link the two of them. And and yeah, dude, uh, the thing is, is I started playing this game with my roommates back in 1996, uh, when we first heard about Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, only I heard about it from somebody, and they explained it to me that it was Three Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And this was before we had the internet, so it was by brain only. <laughs> and so we would sit there and pick two actors, and we would have to get from one to the other within three actors, which was incredibly difficult, but we were able to link guys like Bing Crosby to Henry Rollins and just ridiculous, obscure things. <laughs> So when it comes to using six actors, it's it's pretty easy. You know, my favorite was the big top peewee. Where you're like, they're both in it. Do I win? <laughs> it was only gonna ha- it was gonna happen eventually where somebody picked two people in the same movie. Oh. So Lisa, are you playing that game or have you not I been? Haven't, in? I haven't been. I I do. I have been following some of it, but that's like my wheelhouse, man. I, like my best friend Ducky and I, we we're like this all the time. We're watching something. We're like, oh, this person was in this and they were in that and. It's just we do that all the time because it's like it's a great way for, you know, us movie lovers to to start tying the movies we watch versus the character, you know, like to be able to really tie things together. It's awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, So uh, this one comes from uh, he gets his nickname, Peter. He's wrote in before. Now, Peter, uh, he started from episode one. 
and he will not listen to anything current. He has to go from one. So yeah, I mean, you know, I needed to live it in the past he's right now, basically living in the past. So I needed a good nickname for him. You know, he's definitely active on the board, but he's always like, I'm writing you from the past. So we decided to call him time traveling Peter. And I always and I my little joke to him because he wanted to know what his nickname was. And I was like, well, you know, here's your nickname. And my little thing I put is always writing in the past to get to the future. And he liked it. So. He's like Quantum Leap. He's trying to find the podcast <laughs> that gets him home. Yeah. And he goes, I love it. You know, and to think I'll have to write in in the future once I catch up. I'm like, well, you better. And it was so cool. What he said to me today, he, he sends me this message. He goes, uh, hey, I mentioned before that I gave you five stars due to your movies and content. I haven't told you yet, but you've become my favorite podcast. You have topped Yeah, It's That Bad and Now Playing. I die a la Heavenly Kid to be a guest. Keep me updated on any opportunities coming up in this case. I'm not caught up yet. Moving on to zombie land now. And that was his message to me today. So, so he's he's at least living in 2012 right now. Yeah, and he's on Zombieland, like our one of our favorite episodes ever, sir. That was a good time. Yeah, it was. So so that was excellent. Nice thing to say, sir. Awesome. And uh, here's what he had to say about uh, Mannequin. He's like, hello, Masunis. I'm writing to you from June 14, 2012, a.k.a. Bad Boys 2. Happy belated birthday. And again, I want to thank you for all your hard work and your countless hours you put into your podcast. They really help my days go by faster, and I enjoy reliving my childhood movies. And thanks for inviting me into the STL Nation. I've been having a blast interacting with the fellow members. They're definitely my peoples. So there you go, sir. Good time. Nice. Everyone is so knowledgeable about movies. I can't believe how many people have participated in the movie game I started on Facebook. Last I checked, there was like 100 comments. It's good times. He actually asked me, should I do a new post? I was like, dude, we've had 1,000 posts before on one topic. <laughs> that's, what I was telling, that's what I was telling my wife. You know, She actually got in on that, which is no small feat for you to get her to join in. Right. Um, and she was like, oh, man, there's a lot of posts on here. I'm like, yeah. Let me tell you about a different game we had on here <laughs> that rolled over a thousand posts on that. And that was in a matter of like five days. Yeah. I mean, that thing was getting fast and furious and heated after a while. It was. I was trying to post stuff and people would be overriding me and I'd get all mad. I'm like, you <laughs> no, know, it's like, I had an answer. This is my spot. Get out. You know, it's like Facebook can't catch up with my phone. You know, you remember that, Lisa, that game? That was a good time. Yeah, I Oh my gosh, I love that game. And it was so funny because I have uh, the email set up. So oh, for no. So, yeah. like, And I a lot of times I use my phone and I don't even bother to log in the computer. <laughs> I, mean, I had thousands of emails to delete. Sure? I probably had to turn it off because it was like blowing up my email. I couldn't get in. You'd, yeah. be, you'd be getting 100 emails an hour. I, was, I told oh. you that, remember? I said I had the same thing as Lisa. I had set up the emails and I, within five minutes I had 50 emails. I was like, seriously, there's been that many posts. It was crazy. That that was fun. The other movie game that you've started, um, where you have the actor and you get to tell the movie you like and the movie you hate, or and the movie you oh, like, yeah. love or whatever. I like that one. That is fun. I got I got tagged on that, and I think I had like 30 friends like mine. And like oh yeah, the movie spreads. game. Yeah yeah, like, yeah, movie I like, movie I love, hate to love and hate. Yeah, I even got yeah. my wife on that one. That was people good. keep tagging, like liking it, and then tagging <laughs> me. And I go on my page, and it's just pages, just scrolling, and it's people tagging me, like, "Here's what I like." Like, <laughs> I don't see anything else on here. 
So if you want to play this game, you have to be part of the exclusive club called the STL Nation. Woohoo! We all know the exclusiveness that Jason loves, sir, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily he joined STL Nation, so it's all good. So. He's even posted a couple of times. Yeah, it's good having you on, sir. He's out slumming. So, Lisa, what did you think of that Easy A episode? I thought it was hilarious. I thought, I mean, you guys play off each other so well anyway, but have Jason in and have him sit there just rip on you guys. Just, <laughs> it was just so funny. It just added such a good level that it kept me laughing the whole time. Uh, you know what my favorite would be is when Jason would say something and then in the background you'd have Jameson mumble something and I would purposely turn the volume up so everybody would hear like when he's like, we're so grateful for our fans and Jameson's like, speak for yourself. You know, those, those were always my favorite things in that episode was all of his back comments like, oh, look at me. I got a job. <laughs> Man, he's such a big show off. <laughs> What's that? I said, have you have you uh, watched your neighbor lately hang any clothes? <laughs> I'm actually sitting in the exact same spot, <laughs> eagerly anticipating he's got to be coming out at some point. <sighs> oh, that's terrible. Naked neighbors. Gotta love it. Good yep. stuff. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, it's good times. I want to give a quick shout out to the STL Nation for welcoming me in. And now for Mannequin. I haven't seen it probably since the early 90s. I used to watch it a lot when it was first on cable. I remember Ducky being a mannequin that comes to life, uh, played by Kim Cattrall, who I know best from Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Yes. It's still a movie I have to do. I used to think the guy who played Hollywood was Arsenio Hall. What, <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Well, I was like four when it came out. Actors aside, what I remember most is the epic song, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Uh, I was rocking to it on my way home the other day, fist pumping like a maniac. I loved the 80s movie songs. Well, I can't wait to hear your review. I advise everyone to go to Pandora and type Nothing's Gonna Stop Us. Great song to follow your listener in time, Peter. Time traveling Peter, that is. So thank Thank you, you. Thank you, sir, for writing in. And let's see, we have CCP, CC, oh, we have Lisa here, CCP, mm-hmm. then we have Underground Hours, so yeah, that is it for our email, sir, for Mannequin. Awesome. Good times. So thank you, everybody, that wrote in for that. So should we get to the music spotlight? Let's do it. All right, let's go. Here comes the ready and now. All right, so Music Spotlight. I got to be honest with you. I have 40 podcasts sitting in my iTunes right now, so I've been trying to weasel through those things. Uh, I did do a brand new Underground Hour that will be coming out tonight, Um, but for Music Spotlight, I got nothing. This is like the first time ever. So what I thought is, Lisa, since you're the guest and you you have great taste in music, I figured I would let you go ahead and pick a tune that me and Jameson should check out. Oh, wow. What, You're what? Like putting me. Not putting you on the spot at all. Yeah. No, no, no. I just, I'm, to, I'm like, oh, man, there's so much stuff. Um, Like, do you have a preference on what kind of music or just, okay, I, I got it. Excellent. There's a group called Green River Ordinance. All right. They are like, uh, it's a group of like six guys. Some of them are brothers. It's sort of like a, a local band. They're from, uh, I want to see, like, I can't remember where they're from right now, but, um, 
they have a couple different albums. And I told you about Noise Trade a couple months ago. Right, right. Where you can get free music, and it's legit, like, legal music. It's not like you're ripping off someone or whatever. Um, and you can get a lot of their, a lot of different stuff from them. Um, you can even get this song they have, um, and it's called um, Heart of Me. Heart of Me? Heart. Heart of Me. Excellent. Heart of Me. All right. Heart of Me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, please tell me it's heart, not hard. Okay. <laughs> it's an author album called Under Fire. Excellent. Good times. I'm interested to hear this now. Yeah. I like so this. Different, and it's something like you wouldn't know. Like them and Ohio Avenue are the two bands that I found on Noise Trade that I love. Like when their song comes on, I don't skip it. It's something different. Like, and their genres for especially for Green River Ordinance, it changes from from album to album. And like the last album, they did a, um, a sponsorship. So basically, between them and the fans, they paid for the album to be made. So. Excellent. Well, here's what I'm going to do for you since you picked out a song for me. I'm going to pick out a new Flyleaf tune for you that you probably haven't heard. So okay. I'll post that for you after this, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but hopefully you'll dig it. So I'll, I'll, I'll you know, offline, I'll talk to Jameson. I'll be like, all right, dude, which song do we pick, man? You know? <laughs> so good times. So thank you for that. Uh, you know, it's STL, you know, guest episode. So I figured, you know, I got to thank you already for Billy. So might as well give you the music spotlight so you can let the nation, you know, because you haven't done name that or guess you haven't guessed name that tune yet. So you haven't had a chance to, you know, stump everybody. So I'm like, hey, why not throw us a song? So that'd be good time. So, yeah, definitely. I'm excited to hear it. So I can't wait. So I think that's a wrap. If you want to write in Jameson, do you know the address, sir? <laughs> He's like, uh, I know CCP. I know. I'm so proud of myself for remembering that one, dude. I've got a lot of addresses to remember. No, yeah, I don't. You, you are this uh, quote unquote slut uh, co-host, right? Right. Yeah. Just doing anybody's show. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm kind of trampy that way. Is the address sweep the leg at gmail.com? No. Oh, burn. <laughs> you're close though um there's two it's stlpodcast at gmail.com the other one is sweep delay podcast at yahoo.com but i will tell you guys this we are going to get rid of the sweep delay one because number one it's too long so when i uh make the site live stlpodcast.com i'm going to just have the stlpodcast at gmail.com because it goes along with the website so uh, that should make it easier for everybody because that one's easy to remember stlpodcast at gmail.com so i'm gonna have to write that down i have the i have the yahoo one like down bat yeah yeah the other one's the one that comes up as soon as i type s into my thing excellent well i mean i'm not gonna delete it you know people still want to use it but it's just a a lot shorter than typing out sweep the lake podcast at yahoo.com it's kind of long so so i want to uh thank you lisa for uh coming on it was a blast it's good to finally talk to you it's nice to have a little interaction. I mean, like I love the nation and like I have so much fun with everybody on this, on the page, but it's nice to be able to like talk to you guys and be able to answer back when you're talking and not, you know, so it's really awesome. And I'm thank you so much. No problem. It's great. The nation gets to hear your voice. Yeah. It's cool. I think- and, and Mike, Mike, can you tell us where, can you tell us where oh, Lisa no. lives? No, no, don't do this to me, dude. No. <laughs> Come on. You could do it. Oh, Oh my gosh! All right, you know where she lives. All right, I. You know what? If she put it in her email, I gotta pull it up here. Hold on. 
Oh gosh. Here we go. We gotta do another lesson, uh, you know, speech class. All right, hold on, let's see. Oh, she didn't write it down. Oh my gosh. Oh, All right, hold she on. She lives up in Nova Scotia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. I would have said that, right? <laughs> what is it? Nova Scovia? <laughs> <laughs> on you and you didn't get it oh mike i love you You're oh amazing. man it's nova scotia oh, okay but you wouldn't if I, I i see what you're saying if you just looked it up like it's spelled like scotia so you know if you don't know it's one of those things you, you live and learn yeah it's all good in the hood they talk about it in better off dead i think uh, if you've seen that movie you'd know yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you're make sure you see that we're going to be on you until you see that movie yeah i'm going to show up at his house intervention style i'm going to get some people around he's going to walk in the door we're going to be waiting for him it's <laughs> it's true yeah we got the voting that'll be coming up after uh you know after the series is over so we'll definitely throw that up on there so it'll be fun time so but uh yeah that is it for this episode now sir our next episode in this series we have two left we have the legend of billy jean and some kind of wonderful now um do we know which one we're doing next, sir? Man, it's a tough choice. You said uh, your your wife's excited about both, right? Oh, man. Yeah, she is. But Legend of Billie Jean, I think, is her favorite movie ever. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so she's very excited because she's like, I'm going to watch it with you. I'm going to take notes with you. She's very excited about it. I'm, I'm really nervous about some kind of wonderful how you're going to because you said you haven't seen it forever. And that's my favorite John Hughes film. So yeah, I haven't seen some kind of wonderful in minimum of 20 years, Ooh. probably closer to 25. All right, Lisa, as a listener, would you rather have a movie that both of us dig as the last in the series or a movie that we don't know how we're going to feel as the last in the series? Uh, well, if you put it that way, I mean, you have to say a movie that you both dig. I agree. I think Billy G should be last. Okay. I, I'm excited to rewatch some kind of wonderful. It's going to be fun. I'm kind of looking forward to, to watching. I have it sitting on the shelf waiting for me. So yeah. I'm kind of curious what the re- what my reaction is going to be. And, uh, and the second to last underground hour named that tune was the intro to that movie. That uh, John, the music man, guest. He's like, that's the intro to some kind of wonderful. I was like, I love that song, man. Good time. That music man, he's so smart. I know, right? So, all right. Thank you for the uh, suggestion. We will do some kind of wonderful as the next episode in the series. So, I am excited, man. I can't wait to watch that movie. Woohoo! I'm excited to hear your thoughts, sir. Because the last thing we need is a Rocky Five fight. It's gonna be. Uh... I'm excited to say my thoughts. Who knows what's gonna come out? I know. I'm very interested. So. Well, uh, thank you, Lisa, again for coming on. Thanks for the music selection. And uh, hopefully we will definitely get you on again. We'll pick another movie and uh, just for fun and grab you on. It'll be good. So That'd be awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, right. you were awesome. That was, it was a good time. All <laughs> right. Well, uh, you guys take care, and we'll catch you on the next episode. So you have uh, anything you need to say, Jameson, to sign out, sir? You need to pimp your stuff or anything? Or do people probably remember where you're from? People know where I'm at. Yeah, they know where to find you in that dark alley. <laughs> dark alley. That's right. That's right. Good times. All right, well, you guys take care. Masunas out. But I wanna try anyway I'm chasing a shadow 
chasing a shadow. Day and night, I told you so. Even though I don't know if this dream is all in vain, what if she don't feel the same? Chasing a shadow, chasing a shadow. Explain.